Uh, we're going to transition our young people now to the children's experience. They will transition back at the end of worship. As we do that, just a couple things. Um, uh, uh, now that everyone's in here, a reminder tomorrow, uh, we're doing uh, worship at Sherland at the Sugar River Forest Preserve. That's north of Sherland. So if you go out on Rockton Road all the way to Sherland, it's going to be you can go Forest Preserve Road or the first road once you get into Sherland. Boswell, I think, is the name of the road. That goes, goes up to what? How long does it take to get there from where? Yeah, it's, it's a long ways. It is 20 minutes between the churches. 20 minutes between the churches. 25 if you don't know where you're going. If you allow 40 minutes, you will be early, yes. You can get lost a couple times. Yes. It's three hours to, no. It is, uh, 40 minutes would be good, yes. From here to the church, two churches about 20 minutes apart, so. Um, From here to the Forest Preserve, at uh, some other time. But yeah, it's only a couple miles north of Sherland. Uh, but we will uh, be worshiping at the Forest Preserve, um, accompanied by violin and clarinet duets, which I'm just excited about. So pray for me. Um, for me, not the, the violinist, she will do excellent. <clears throat> but some of us need help. Uh, and and uh, we'll have a good time out there and then uh, food fellowship uh, following that. So um, kind of treat it like a picnic and bring some extra food and we'll have a good time. Get a chance to get to know some of your brothers and sisters from our partner congregation at Sherland. Um, one of many opportunities we will have to do that in the future. So encourage you to do that. I want to share, though, um, this week Sherland had their vacation Bible school uh, that they've done for a couple years now. They had about 25 kids. Uh, really uh, great for that little congregation. They don't have 25 in worship or weren't having 25 in worship on a regular basis. So to have 25 young people from the community, really great. They had a great turnout last night um, before um, or yeah, before our, our uh, time at the George House. Uh, great turnout and uh, thank you for Steve and Mary and uh, the uh, uh, hospitality you showed everyone and thank you to Jamie and the band. Uh, and the youth band from Roscoe uh, for that wonderful evening that got a little wet towards the end, uh, but it was great, and we had a good time, and uh, uh, hopefully you got to meet some of Steve's neighbors uh, and uh, uh, share with them too. So uh, that was a a wonderful time and a a busy week for us, uh, but also a a good week of fellowship and uh, um, everything else. So yes, you guys can collect for the offering tonight um, as we continue to talk about a couple of those things. Uh, the aviators game, we're just going to kind of meet there beforehand and then uh, see if we can get areas seated by each other. Uh, and then maybe if we can't, we'll just buy tickets and then move to the places that there's no one sitting by each other. Uh, so we'll figure that out one way or the other uh, so we don't have to get a head count before we go. And then September 28th is the golf outing. If you golf, please get your friends who golf, uh, get them invited and invested in it. Uh, Jeff uh, is going to have some information in terms of some sponsoring. We're going to try to have some whole sponsors. The cost is going to be $60 a person. I believe that's correct, right? So $60 a person um, for 18 holes and 
Uh, it is on, at Atwood, Atwood Golf Course. Uh, that includes the uh, fundraising part of the thing, so it's a little more expensive than it would be just to go golf because this is a fundraiser. Um, so clarify that. So that includes a cart, yes, as well. So. Um, so a good day and a good opportunity to raise some money, a good opportunity for you to get some of your friends uh, who are golfers, some of your friends who are not part of the congregation, into our fellowship and invested in what we do. So now I got that all figured out. Uh, stalled for enough time, uh, and we can uh, transition now to our forming time. So let's have a word of prayer as we transition. Lori, thank you for the wonderful opportunity we have to worship you to come together as a community of faith. We ask that you just be with us now. Send your Holy Spirit upon us. Allow us to truly have open hearts and minds for your glory and love. We ask that you just encourage us on our own journeys that we may look to the journeys of others, not in awe, but in inspiration that we too may follow you in all that we do. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Well, welcome once again to New Life. I am Mark, the pastor here. I also want to welcome all those joining us online at www.findnewlifeumc.org or on our podcast. This is the first week in a series called Supers about journeys and about faith journeys. And I hope you uh, enjoy this uh, time that we've set aside. Now, most of you know, if you, if you didn't, you will today. Most of you know I love hero stories, from stories of Hercules and Odysseus to stories about Luke Skywalker and Harry Potter. I pretty much love any story about heroes. I even wrote a story about heroes and published that and have that book, so it's something that's near and dear to my heart. But among all the hero stories, among all the hero uh, stories that have been told in the books and the films. Stories about supers are very clear, uh, near and dear to my heart. Those heroes that are kind of extraordinary. Those heroes that are a little more powerful, more out of this world. Those heroes that are just spectacular and amazing. Those heroes that we uh, find in comic books and those heroes that we uh, find uh, in films these days. Those have always been stories that are very near and dear to my heart. When I was eight years old, I actually brought my, the very first comic book uh, I bought. When I was eight years old, we had just moved to Ottawa, Illinois, where I spent most of my youth. And we went to the local comic book shop, which I would spend a majority of my life uh, from the time I was eight to the time I was about 25 uh, and worked in for, for many years. Uh, and and as, as I was going around the comic book, I was eight years old at this time, this comic book caught my eye, and I took that home, and I immediately fell in love with Iron Man. And I've read and loved Iron Man ever since I was eight years old. This is the very first comic uh, that I ever bought. I have many comics, <laughs> more than just this one, but uh, <laughs> since that time. And thankfully, 20 years later, uh, the rest of the world has kind of caught up as the Iron Man movies and now the Avenger movies have uh, kind of hit the main street. And now it's not just a geeky thing. It's funny, I, I've told people that when I was in high school, I would have never worn a superhero shirt, a shirt that had, you know, a Batman or Superman on it. Now as an adult, I wear them and people always comment about how cool they are. So 
It wasn't cool when I was growing up. It is cool now, so I'm glad we live in this geek-chic culture. But there's something about these heroes. There's something about these stories, these heroic stories that kind of grasp onto us, that kind of take a hold in us, that kind of get our imaginations moving and get our uh, uh, kind of blood boiling. And we just want to read more and see more about these people called heroes. But I believe in in all of these stories and all of these myths and all of these adventures, there's something that we can learn about ourselves, something we can learn about our own journey. Now, years ago, there was a writer called Joseph Campbell, and he wrote a book, a very prominent and influential book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. Now, in that book, he claimed that there were commonalities among all the ancient hero myths. I talked about some of them, uh, Hercules and Odysseus, uh, uh, Jason and the Argonauts, uh, many of those ancient stories. That he said, and he, he goes through all of them in his book, he said there's a common myth, and he calls it a monomyth. There's one kind of story that's being told among all of these stories. And he calls that story the hero's journey. Now, the hero's journey is a, 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 a kind of a... Uh, a way of understanding the story, a way of understanding the heroes, uh, and a way of understanding about how our journeys uh, may take place. So I I have a short film that I want to watch kind of talking about Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. So let's watch that, Andrew, um, and learn a little bit more about the hero's journey. What do Harry Potter, Katniss Everdeen, and Frodo all have in common with the heroes of ancient myths? What if I told you they are all variants of the same hero? Do you believe that? Joseph Campbell did. He studied myths from all over the world and published a book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces, retelling dozens of stories and explaining how each represents the mono-myth or hero's journey. So, what is the hero's journey? Think of it as a cycle. The journey begins and ends in the hero's ordinary world, But the quest passes through an unfamiliar, special world. Along the way, there are some key events. Think about your favorite book or movie. Does it follow this pattern? Status quo, that's where we start. One o'clock, call to adventure. The hero receives a mysterious message, an invitation, a challenge. Two o'clock, assistance. The hero needs some help, probably from someone older wiser. Three o'clock. Departure. The hero crosses the threshold from his normal, safe home and enters the special world and adventure. We're not in Kansas anymore. Four o'clock. Trials. Being a hero is hard work. Our hero solves a riddle, slays a monster, escapes from a trap. Five o'clock. Approach. It's time to face the biggest ordeal, the hero's worst fear. Six o'clock. Crisis. This is the hero's darkest hour. He faces death and possibly even dies, only to be reborn. At seven o'clock, treasure. As a result, the hero claims some treasure, special recognition, or power. Eight o'clock, result. This can vary between stories. Do the monsters bow down before the hero, or do they chase him as he flees from the special world? Nine o'clock, return. After all that adventure, the hero returns to his ordinary world. 10 o'clock, new life. 
This quest has changed the hero. He has outgrown his old life. 11 o'clock, resolution. All the tangled plot lines get straightened out. 12 o'clock, status quo, but upgraded to a new level. Nothing is quite the same once you're a hero. Many popular books and movies follow this ancient formula pretty closely, but let's see how well The Hunger Games fits the hero's journey template. When does Katniss Everdeen hear a call to adventure that gets the story moving? When her sister's name is called from the lottery? How about assistance? Is anyone going to help her on her adventure? Hey, Mitch. What about departure? Does she leave her ordinary world? She gets on a train to the capital. Okay, so you get the idea. What do you have in common with Harry Potter, Katniss Everdeen, and Frodo? Well, you're human, just like them. The hero's journey myth exists in all human cultures and keeps getting updated because we humans reflect on our world through symbolic stories of our own lives. You leave your comfort zone, have an experience that transforms you, and then you recover and do it again. You don't literally slay dragons or fight Voldemort, but you face problems just as scary. Joseph Campbell said, In the cave you fear to enter lies the treasure you seek. What is the symbolic cave you fear to enter? Auditions for the school play? Baseball tryouts? Love? Watch for this formula in books, movies, and TV shows you come across. You will certainly see it again, but also be sensitive to it in your own life. Listen for your call to adventure. Accept the challenge. Conquer your fear and claim the treasure you seek. And then do it all over again. Those who are uh, listening online can YouTube A Hero's Journey and uh, Matthew Winkler and uh, TED Talks are uh, responsible for that. So I thank them for that good work and uh, trying to bring that all together. So over the next several weeks, we're going to work through that journey, that uh, cycle. Um, and one of the ways we're going to do that is we're going to look um, at the movie The Avengers. Cause that's what shirt I'm wearing. Uh, and we're also going to look. That's not the only reason. Uh, we're also going to look at some hero stories from the Bible, and then we're going to try to relate that back to the journey that we all take in our own lives. So there are four major phases that we just talked I don't expect you to be able to see any of that. Um, there are four uh, major phases that we heard about in that um, short film, and they are Call to Adventure, The Road of Trials, Crisis, and Return to the Ordinary World. Each of those phases has three different parts or 12 parts or 12 steps of that entire cycle. So today I want to look at the very first phase. And the very first phase is call to adventure. And this includes three steps, status quo, a call to adventure, and assistance. So to help us do that, we're going to um, first look at fiction. So we're first going to look at the movie Avengers. I thought maybe we were going to do some different superheroes, but I thought just focusing on uh, one movie in that franchise, which many, many people have seen, uh, would maybe be... Uh, uh, really good. So if you haven't seen that film, The Avengers, I encourage you to go see it. If it's been a while since you've seen it, go rent it um, or go buy it, uh, and then you can watch it again. It's a great movie. Um, but if, for those of you who haven't seen it, we are going to show some scenes here uh, and talk a little bit about to see how that plays out in hero myths. Then we're going to look and see how it plays out in Scripture. So in The Avengers, we have a, uh, a group of superheroes. We have four major superheroes, each that have had their own movie in that continuity or that universe. 
We have Bruce Banner, the Incredible Hulk. We have Steve Rogers, Captain America. Tony Stark, Iron Man. And who else? Somebody give me a paper towel while I'm up here. Thank you. Who else? I, I, was, I was just talking. Who, who else? Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Captain America, and the Almighty Thor. Come on, people. You haven't seen the movie? Okay. It's on, it's on the show. It wasn't your fault. I don't know what's going on here, Jamie. I, I, we've been doing this for three years. I have never had this cup spill like this. Ant-Man? He's little. The Adam? Hey, good reference. Appreciate that. So sorry, those of you listening online, for that horrible amount of blank space that I'm spilling my coffee or my mango lemonade, whatever that is. Thank you, Mrs. Cross. So in the Avengers, each of those heroes is in the status quo at the beginning of the film, The Avengers. They're all living their day-to-day lives. Now, they've already been through a journey, so their day-to-day lives are a little different than our day-to-day lives, but they're living in the status quo. Bruce Banner is secluded, helping villagers in a small uh, town overseas. Thor is in Asgard, back home at Asgard. Captain America's acclimating to life in the 21st century. And Tony Stark, who, who's always a little bit larger than life, Iron Man, uh, is kind of going about his day-to-day business. So I want to watch a clip from the Avengers uh, kind of showing us the first phase of the journey, the call to adventure. self-sustaining clean energy. Well, assuming the arc reactor takes over and it actually works. I assume. Light her up. How does it look? Like Christmas, but with more me. We've got to go wider on the public awareness campaign. You need to do some press. I'm in DC tomorrow. I'm working on the zoning for the next three buildings. Pepper, you're killing me. The moment, remember? Enjoy the moment. Get in here and I will. Uh, Agent Coulson of S.H.I.E.L.D. is on the line. I'm not in. I'm actually out. Sir, I'm afraid he's insisting. Gross fine, Jarvis. I got a date. Levels are holding steady. I think. Of course they are. I was directly involved. Which brings me to my next question. How does it feel to be a genius? Well, I really wouldn't know now, would I? What do you mean? All this came from you. No, all this came from that. Give yourself some credit. Please. Stark Tower 
is your baby. Give yourself 12% the credit. 12%. An argument can be made for 15. 12%? Well, I my baby? did do all the heavy lifting. Literally, oh. I lifted the heavy things. And sorry, but the security snafu, that was on you. Oh. My private elevator. You mean our elevator? It was teeming with sweaty workmen. I'm going to pay for that comment about percentages in some subtle way later, aren't I? Not going to be that subtle. I'll tell you what. Next building is going to say pots on the tower. On the lease. <laughs> Call your mom. Can you bunk over? <laughs> Sir, the telephone. I'm afraid my protocols are being overridden. Mr. Uh, Stark, we need to talk. You have reached the life model decoy of Tony Stark. Please leave a message. This is urgent. Then leave it urgently. Security breach is on you. Mr. Stark? Phil, come in. Phil? I can't stay. Uh, his first name is Agent. Come on in. We're celebrating. Which is why he can't stay. We need you to look this over as soon as possible. I don't like being handed That's things. That's fine, because I love to be handed things. So let's trade. Thank you. Official consulting hours are between 8 and 5 every other Thursday. This isn't a consultation. Is this about the Avengers? Which I, I know nothing about. The Avengers initiative was scrapped. I thought, and I didn't even qualify. I didn't know that either. Yeah, apparently I'm volatile, self-obsessed, don't play well with others. That I did know. This isn't about personality profiles anymore. Whatever. Ms. Potts, you got a sec? Half a moment. You know, I thought we were having a moment. I was having 12% of a moment. This seems serious. Phil's pretty shaken. How would you know this? Why is he Phil? What is all this? This is a... This. I'm going to take the jet to D.C. tonight. Tomorrow. You have homework. You have a lot of homework. Well, what if I didn't? If you didn't? Yes. You mean when you finished? Well, um, then... Square deal, flesh it. More card. So any chance you're driving by LaGuardia? I can drop you. Fantastic. Oh, I want to hear about the uh, cellist. Is that still a thing? She moved back to Portland. So in our film, we had Tony, Pepper, living their day-to-day -day lives, working on making the world a better place, when all of a sudden they get a call. He got a literal call from an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. and a call into adventure. There was a need in the story. There's a weapon that's stolen, and they need someone to save the world. They need someone to retrieve that weapon. Each one of those heroes is called. Each one of them gets a call in one way or the other. Then they get some assistance. They get assistance from Nick Fury, who's the leader of S.H.I.E.L.D., and we see that play out in the story up until that point. So we have status quo, call to adventure, and assistance. That's the first phase, and we see that play out in the adventures. You see that play out in many different stories. So now let's see how that plays out in the Bible. The Bible's filled with stories of people minding their own business when God calls them. 
We have stories of Abraham, who was called out into the unknown. Noah, who was called to build an ark. Stories of Joseph, who was sold into slavery. Some call stories are better than other call stories. Esther's called to save her people. Peter and Andrew are called by Jesus. Jesus is called out into the wilderness. The list goes on and on. Normal people like you and me living day-to-day lives when all of a sudden they receive a call, a message, a beacon, there's an experience, something happens, and everything changes. They go from an ordinary world into an extraordinary world. I think no story in the Bible showcases this as much as the story of Moses. In Exodus chapter 3, if you have your Bibles with you, chapter 1 through 10, we have a story that we refer to as the story of the burning bush. Now Moses was taking care of his flock for his father-in-law Jethro, Midian's priest. He led his flock out to the edge of the desert and he came to God's mountain called Horeb. The Lord's messenger appeared to him in a flame of fire in the middle of a bush. Moses saw that the bush was in flame, but it did not burn up. Then Moses said to himself, let me check out this amazing sight and find out why this bush isn't burning up. When the Lord saw that he was coming to look, God called out to him out of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. Moses said, I'm here. Then the Lord said, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals because you are standing on holy ground. The Lord continued, I am the God of your father, Abraham's God, Isaac's God, and Jacob's God. Now Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. But the Lord said, I've clearly seen that my people are oppressed in Egypt. I've heard their cry of injustice because of their slave masters. I know their pain. I've come down to rescue them from the Egyptians in order to take them out of the land and bring them into a good and broad land, a land that's full of milk and honey, a place where Canaanites and Hittites and Amorites and Pezerites and Hivites and Jezubites all live. Now Israel's cries of injustice have reached me, and I've seen how much the Egyptians have oppressed them. So get going. I'm sending you to the Pharaoh. You will bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Now Moses has had his share of adventures in the story thus far in the first two chapters of Exodus. As a baby, he escaped death. And he was found by the Pharaoh's daughter, and he grew up in the Pharaoh's house as a son of the king of Egypt. When he was older, he saw the oppression of his people, the Hebrew people, and he had an altercation with a slave driver. And he killed an Egyptian. And he ran away from home, from the palace, from the Pharaoh. And he went into the wilderness, and he met a wife, He got married, and he had kids, and he settled down, and he's well into his 80s or 90s by now, this part of the story, and he's living status quo. And then one day, everything changes. He wanders off, and he sees a burning bush, and he gets a call. Moses, I have chosen you to save my people. We need your help. You are the only one who can do this. From that moment on, 
everything in Moses' life would change. And the story of Moses would be told because of what would happen. Now, the next verse that I didn't read is very, very important. It's something we encounter a lot in hero stories. We saw it in the Avengers clip we just watched. Tony did not want to answer the phone. He did not want to go. Now, heroes are called, but that doesn't mean they don't have fear. They don't have doubt. They don't, not, they don't want to engage in every single call. The very next sentence that we didn't read here in Exodus is Moses saying, Listen, God, that sounds great. Are you sure you have the right guy? And then this dialogue continues about, well, I don't talk real well, and you know, the, the current Pharaoh, he, he was my older brother growing up. Have you ever had to go confront an older sibling? It's not real fun. But God says, listen, Moses, you are it. I am calling you. No one else is standing here. It's just you and me. And so that's the call. Moses was living his normal life. He's called to adventure. And he gets some assistance. He gets his brother Aaron sent beside him. Aaron, who can talk well. Moses said, I can't talk. God said, no problem. We'll send your brother. He's got a great tongue. Good way with words. And I'm going to equip you with a staff that I'm going to work miracles through. So we see assistance. We see the phase going on in this story from status quo, call to adventure, and assistance. Now that's a pretty, pretty amazing call story. Now I believe we are all called into a journey. It's not a one-time event. I believe this call can happen many times throughout our lives. And I believe that there can be many journeys happening simultaneously. And some adventures are common to all people. Others are unique. But I believe they follow this pattern, a hero's journey, the pattern we saw in fiction, the pattern we saw in the Bible. I believe that's a pattern we can see in our lives. And if we understand that pattern, that's why we're going over it and over it and over it. I believe we can understand our journey in a better way. Now, I believe all people are called to one common journey, and that is a journey of faith. I believe that God, since our birth, has been calling us back to a relationship with the divine. We call that provenient grace. That inside each one of us, God is working in our hearts and in our lives, trying to bring us back into this relationship which was established in the beginning of everything. Of the creation, I should say. That journey, our faith journey, starts with status quo. It starts, and the status quo in this case, is living life our own ways. It's calling our own shots. It's doing what we want to do. In, in another sense, it's called sin. Status quo is separation from God. Status quo is calling our own shots. Status quo is living in sin but we are called we feel that grace something pulling us forward a feeling of incompleteness a feeling of wanting something more from our life a sense that there's more meaning and purpose than just the short amount of time we are here on this planet all people are born with that now we receive assistance through the holy spirit gently sometimes gentler than others, calling us 
back to God. We receive assistance from the church and from other people who are trying to help us become disciples. Ultimately, we received assistance through our Lord Jesus Christ who lived, who died, and who rose again so that we could experience this journey in the first place. Through Him, we can enter a new world. So that's how we see that in faith journey. We live in sin. God calls us. We call that prevenient grace. And we are equipped to enter into a new type of world. Now that's a general faith journey. That's a general journey that each one of us can take. But I believe each one of us is also called to specific adventures. My grandfather was living his day-to-day life with my grandmother and my mother, who was just an infant, when Pearl Harbor was attacked. He felt a call to serve his country. He joined the Marines had some pretty amazing adventures. And that was a pretty great call story. Many of you have felt the same thing, have experienced calls like that. I felt called into the ordained ministry. I've talked about that extensively. I was going about my day-to-day business, and then I received a call. I felt called to be in a relationship called marriage with my wife, Jennifer. We felt called to enter into an adventure called foster parenting. Many of us here have felt called to be involved in a new church called New Life. As a congregation, we felt called to partner with other churches, thus our relationship with Sherlin. Sometimes a call is literally just a phone call that we feel called to make or a visit that we feel called to make. Sometimes it's small things, sometimes it's major things. But it all starts with a call. Now that may seem like the simplest part of the Story, the simplest part of the journey, the simplest part of the adventure is the call. Something out of your control, isn't it? It's not something that you have uh, understanding of, you have control of. It's something from uh, outside of yourself that's putting a call on you. So isn't that the easiest part? Well, it's not the easiest part if we hang up, like Moses wanted to do, like the characters in our movie wanted to do. If we want to disconnect from the call, if we don't answer the call, there's no journey. If the heroes of old did not say yes to that call that they received, they would not be heroes at all. We would not be talking about them thousands of years later or hundreds of years later or decades later. Everything starts with a call and everyone, despite fear, despite doubt, all have this one thing in common. Every hero has this one thing in common. They answered the call. So our journey begins with just that. Now I believe, for us, we need to be able to trust in God. That when we receive a call, we trust God, regardless of our fear or doubt, regardless of the reservations we have, we need to be able to trust God that God will be with us. Because God is always equipping us, always sending us assistance. That's the third step, right? In form of the Holy Spirit and gifts and graces. God sent His only Son centuries ago so that we could have new life. That's the first step. Answer the call. The second step, seek assistance from one another, from within, from God, from our community. 
Now, over the course of the next few weeks, we're going to look at this entire cycle. We're going to go through it part by part. We're going to see how it plays out in the movie Avengers so you have a sense of where that would look like in the hero journey. We're going to see how it plays out through scriptures and different stories in the Bible. And we're going to try to see how it may play out in each of our lives. But as we end tonight, I want to make sure that we see how these stories, how these calls may be occurring in our life. Because I believe that each one of us here tonight is experiencing a call, a call, yes, of faith, but also other calls into adventures that I don't know about or that you may not know about. But the first answer, the first step, is to listen to that call. So listen to that call and see what adventure awaits you. Amen. As we transition now, we remember those who are traveling, who cannot be with us tonight. Uh, we lift up Art, who uh, was having some breathing problems. Uh, Alice uh, as well, his wife. Art and Alice, uh, both Art's in the hospital and Alice is in rehab. Uh, so prayers for uh, Art and Alice, and we ask that they can uh, get where they need to be and, and get healthy in, in ways that can uh, benefit them. So uh, pray for them. Uh, give them a call or a, a note this week if you can. I'll let them know that we're thinking about them, that we miss them. Uh, most of all, we hope they uh, get better. So uh, let's uh, have a word of prayer as we transition now to our forwarding time. Uh, remembering those and, and any prayers in our hearts. Let us pray. Almighty God, you call each of us into a world of adventure. We ask that you give us your ear so that we may hear your call. We ask that you give us hearts of courage to follow that call. Help us listen with others so that all people may know their call to follow you. You set us on a road filled with many trials. Allow trials to teach and strengthen us. Give us compassion for the trials of others. Let us walk down roads together that you set before us. You also give us new life. You transform us from the inside out. You give us gifts to better this world. Let us help each other use our gifts. Let us not be afraid, but trust in you always, so that our world may be your world. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, who you sent into this world. Amen.